Listeners, hey, Johnny Holston here with Capella Athletics. Just a couple of things, as usual, before we get going with our interview today featuring Woody Kincaid. Uh, you can find us on social media at Capella Athletics on Instagram and at Capella Podcast on Twitter. You can also listen to uh, this episode as well as all our past episodes on the stridereport.com. And those guys cover uh, all sorts of Division One, Two, II, and Three men's and women's cross country and track. Uh, they're working hard right now releasing all their preseason rankings for Division One men and women's cross country. Uh, Garrett has done an awesome job. That's Garrett Zatlin over there, the founder of the Stride Report, and he's done a great job getting that site uh, on par, if not better, than just about any other uh, running media site out there. So please, uh, if you're not listening through the Stride Report right now, go ahead and uh, keep an eye out for them. Go check out their website. Um, Lots of great stuff over there. This episode is with Woody Kincaid of the Bowerman Track Club. Now, Woody is uh, kind of a a unique person for me as a uh, both somebody who started Capella Athletics but also as a running fan. I met Woody my sophomore year of college at Grand Canyon University when Bowerman was doing a training camp in Flagstaff. They would drive down to Phoenix and do their workouts on our track on Fridays or every other Friday during that um, 2017 winter. And uh, we would we would watch them work out. We would uh, watch them run, you know, 70s for a, for a four or five mile tempo and um, then do some 400s and 55 seconds afterwards. And I, as a sophomore in college, I was just absolutely blown away. Um, and Woody Kincaid ran for Columbine High School in Colorado. I ran in uh, Fort Collins at Fossil Ridge High School in in. Uh, and that's where I went to school. And so we kind of – and he, he won state my freshman year of high school. He was a senior. So we kind of talked about Colorado a little bit, had a, had a mutual friend or two, and just kind of uh, spoke about that. Fast forward a couple of years, and my running career was essentially over, um, and I was recovering from a surgery um, going into my senior year at GCU, and I decided to start this podcast uh, with a teammate of mine, Daniel. And – Woody was the first person I messaged uh, talking about this podcast and kind of said, hey, what do you think? And um, I, I, rem- I still remember the advice he gave me is he said, if you can create a podcast that brings value to the listener and uh, you'll be okay is what he said. So hopefully you on the other end of this have found some value in this podcast and that was great advice. Um, so again, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the interview, but thanks Woody for um, staying in touch with me and Um, being so gracious, listening to my first episode before I published it, giving me some pointers, and then also, um, yes, staying in touch since then a little bit. So um, he is coming out of a very busy weekend, or uh, month of July, actually, past USA's now, but Woody's back at Altitude Camp in Park City, Utah, uh, getting ready for some more exciting things after a exciting third-place finish at the USA Champs. We talk a little bit about that with Woody. We also get some cool perspective on other things, like returning from injury, you know, key elements he learned in college that prepared him for the pros. Um, and then, of course, we talk a little bit about that USA 5K um, and, all, and all things all things running with the Bowerman Track Club. So thanks for listening, guys. We hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, please send us a DM or comment who you'd like to have on the podcast. Maybe give them a tag in the comments below. Um, don't forget to follow us on social media because we do post more than just uh, the podcast on our, on our Instagram and Twitter. So... Uh, yeah, thank you, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the interview. This is Woody Kincaid on the Capella Athletics Podcast.
Woody Kincaid, thanks for thanks for joining us here on Capella Athletics. Uh, it's good to finally be on, man. Like I said, I've known this podcast uh, in its infancy before it was even a podcast. I was talking to you guys um, when it was just an idea. Yep. And uh, for for people listening, Woody was so on uh, on my personal Instagram. I kind of explained the story of Capella Athletics a little bit a couple weeks ago, but. Um, uh, what started Capella Athletics is while I was recovering from a, a surgery uh, after my junior year of college and I had met Woody working out at the Grand Canyon University track uh, where I ran and he then started his Price of a Mile podcast which I, I've listened to all those episodes and while I was recovering from surgery I thought why don't I start a podcast and uh, hit up Woody and, and chatted with him and he graciously listened to my first episode before I ever published it and gave me feedback and so yeah, a, a cool little side note. So first, uh, thanks for that, Woody. And, and second, I'm sorry it took so long to get you on. You probably should have been the second episode, if not the first. So appreciate that, and thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah, it's better late than never, man. No, but thank you. I actually, well, I thought that, but I wasn't entirely sure that was the case. Um, I'm glad that kind of worked out, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's, work, it's working out well for you, man. So let's. Before we get really going here, what what's the latest with Price of a Mile? Are you going to bring that back at any any point soon? Or are you? Uh... Well, yeah. I mean, the guys are finally talking about um, wanting to break the seal, and um, they want to they want to talk about USA. So mm-hmm. there might be a Price of a Mile episode. In fact, there will be um, cool. up here at camp. So yeah, that, well, that's pretty exciting news, right? Yeah, we'll oh, yeah. be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah. So we're just kind of start with where you're at right now and then work our way back um, all the way to maybe high school. Uh, so just kind of tell us where you're at at the moment. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to go back to high school or where I'm at at the moment? Uh, we're going to start with where you're at right now and then just work our way backwards. Okay. Uh, well, right now I'm in probably the best shape of my life. I'm, uh, I'm in Park City right now training with Lopez. Uh, Lopez Lamont, Hassan Mead, uh, Mohamed and, and Matthew Centrowitz. Uh, this is this is a crazy, crazy group, and uh, they've got me fit. What is it like training with those guys day in and day out? Obviously, this is kind of a basic question, but as you left Portland and ended up with Bowerman Track Club, it seems like there's never a shortage of studs to work out with there. Um, whether it's Grant Fisher, a, a newer guy, or somebody like. Mo Ahmed and um, obviously Matt Centrowitz, an Olympic gold medalist. How is how is that training with those guys every day? And do you do you find it hard to maybe reserve some energy on the on the easier days working with guys that are also talented? Sure, sure. It, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because um, these guys are world world class athlete, athletes, and um, I like to talk to it or, or refer to it kind of as uh, you're you're the dumbest kid in the AP class, right? <laughs> Even if you're struggling every day. Uh, you know, you have to you have to take a step back and realize these guys are dropping me, but these guys are the best in the world. Um, you know, it, it can lead to some to some injuries, but it also leads to some medals. You, uh, you're it's either you're going to be red hot or maybe feeling the burn worse than most people when you're working with with uh, with athletes like that. Um, and you're you're an athlete who has been on top of the world at times during your pro career and also battled through a lot of injuries. We want to talk about what you've learned through uh, battling those injuries and coming back to be very, you know, on like you said, the best shape of your life after uh, different challenges. Let's start um, real quick for 
just some context let's talk about your high school days because actually you and I both ran uh, in Colorado for our high school days um, and that was kind of drew me to you that that year you were working out at Grand Canyon a little bit and we got to uh, talk a little bit out on our track and so just talk about your high school days and what led you to Portland. We'll go over your college days at some point, and then we'll talk about the present. Um, so yeah, what kind of a high school runner were you? Were you a NXN champ, or were you a uh, you know a slower guy? How did that all work? Sure, sure. So uh, I mean, just like anyone who wasn't like raised as a runner, um, I, I never thought that I was going to be uh, a competitive runner. I showed up to high school wearing you know skater shoes and all that stuff. I wasn't prepared for track practice. Um, but once I started to uh, be part of the team on the track team, I really found myself enjoying um, being a runner and kind of identifying as a runner um, in high school. And uh, actually, I wore my, my Columbine Rebels hat to the warm-ups. I must have looked like such a joker to, in USA because I was running around in uh, my Columbine football hat. But yeah, I'm still, I'm still really proud of my high school days and uh, I think it's, I wish it was super unique and uh, outstanding, but it wasn't. I was just a pretty normal guy working a minimum wage job and eventually got good at running like so many people discover they, they are. And I guess, let's see, what's the most significant fact? Ryan Hill got 11th at Foot Locker, and I was 11th at Foot Locker. So that's something we still talk about today. <laughs> that's, that's really the only significant track moment of my high school career to be honest or cross country so pretty like 11th and footlocker is no joke but at the same time it's not like you were a three-time nxn champ or sub four high school miler and you ended up at, at portland university which is seems to be kind of like a spot where guys like that really thrive like guys who are maybe maybe not quite the top of the top coming out of high school, but then, then they really find success there under Rob Connor and under that system. Uh, talk about your college days just briefly and maybe your, another, another, uh, some of your significant accolades as you, as you left Portland and ended up signing with Bowerman. Right. Well, again, I've talked about all these uh, things quite a bit, so like I kind of have things that I touch on usually. Um, but yeah, my freshman year, I was 159th in Nationals. I think I was really underperforming, uh, considering I came in as a as a five star recruit for a Portland Portland guy at the time. And uh, I mean, I was I was drinking probably too much. I, I was drinking once or twice a week uh, my first semester, and I think that probably contributed to me underperforming the cross country season. But after that, uh, I got pretty serious. Uh, beginning of my beginning of my the, like the freshman summer going into my sophomore year and uh, after that it was just a balance between schoolwork because you have a heavy uh, you, there's a lot of work um, I mean it's not like I wouldn't say the work was incredibly taxing but there was a lot of it so I was always balancing writing an essay and getting enough sleep and going for um, an 85 minute run so I, I think my sophomore year I had good races. I, I built 14 in the 5K, um, but I was still underperforming until probably my senior year. So, so what, what set off that switch for you uh, that you said 
in the summer leading up to your sophomore year, uh, what kind of switched in your brain? Um, did you maybe like get a lot of that that partying and kind of college fun um, out of your system, or was it because you felt that you were underperforming? No, no, no. I was just having fun, man. Like I, I thought that I was, uh, you know, I, I loved being part of a team, and the team at the time had a couple guys that, that liked to go out and drink, and um, I like, you know, I. I think it's, when you're 19, you're just going to go and you're thrown into a whole new system, a whole new state. You're going to go with whatever the team's doing at the time, right? Um, and a lot of, some people have maybe more self-control and and, uh, and dignity than I. But I really like doing things with um, the guys I'm with, and it wasn't because I was underperforming. I think it was just because it was something that the team did at the time, frankly. I think that's probably something that a lot of people can relate with in their in their college years. Um, what is what's something that you learned as you left Portland and, and ended up going pro and signing with Bowerman? What's something that you learned in college that you consistently remind yourself of today as a pro and kind of helped your transition into your professional career? You know, I think the biggest thing you got to take away from college is that uh, no, no one's going to get you um, where you need to be. Um, other than you. And even though like you need to work together and, and iron sharp, sharpens iron, um, like the guys will help you get faster, um, nobody except for um, yourself is really gonna be able to put in the work. I think that's the thing you gotta, that's something you really have to learn in college and uh, coming out too. Let's, yeah. That, that's good. Yeah, I, I should say, I should say so our, our C, uh, Rob Conrad is super mad at me. They don't actually drink that much, from what I hear. <laughs> they, they don't do it anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. so I think I, I will be pleased to hear that. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Hey, was it uh, was it you or was it Scott that was always losing their phone? That was me. I, I lost my phone all the time. Okay. Okay. So I lose my. <laughs> I don't know how you know that. Don't worry week, about it. And I would just not go looking for it. So. Because I knew it would show up eventually. Right. That's how often I'd lose my phone. Okay. Very cool. So you and you and Scott were teammates at... Did you overlap all... Sure. You were like almost the same age, right? Maybe a year off? Two years off? Yeah, but Fabo is, is 10 years wiser than me, man. <laughs> I felt like Fabo was the older guy. Right on. So let's... Um, let let's talk about your your year I guess leading into USA's you just you're coming off a, a pretty sweet performance at, at the USA championships and a lot a lot uh, went down uh, at that meet in Des Moines and we'll we'll get to some of the details of that but um, how, how was your training going into USA's what were kind of the highlights of your 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 building blocks leading into it that kind of began to indicate you were up for a, a big meet I'm just feeling good again. Um, I don't really know if I got in the best training I've ever had. I definitely had the longest level. Um, I had to take some time off a few times, but the difference is I actually just felt like my form was good. Um, beginning about May, I started to feel good on runs, which is something I haven't felt for three years. <laughs> like I just hadn't something been hurting or I just had him out of shape. and. With, with some consistent training uh, beginning in really January, it, it, after about five months, it's just like, man, I've just got another pop in my step that I've never had before. And that, that confidence definitely built there. So uh, backtracking to those, to those injuries, um, 
how, what did you do to keep yourself motivated during that during that time? Like you said, you hadn't felt good on a run um, for three years, and um, I'm assuming that was very hard for you as an athlete. But what kept you going throughout those hard times? Uh, maybe one, I just really knew where I could be. Um, you know, I, I, I still I still have that chip on my shoulder where I'm like, hey, these guys don't even know where I'm at yet. Like they, they haven't seen anything. But the other side is like, man, I know this is the greatest job, and I don't want to lose this. So <laughs> like, I, I don't want to, to give up something that I know I can be great at. Um, and and honestly, three years goes as like it goes by like this, man. I don't know how long you've been outside of college, but. I could look back three years ago and, and be like, that was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's not hard to stay motivated when you're, when you're just working every day for so something, you know? You were, you were runner-up indoors, right, uh, uh, in 2017 indoors, is that correct? To Chilimo indoor in the two miles? 2017 indoors, yeah, I was second, yeah. So you were... About like a mile, man. Right, yeah, that was, an, uh, yeah, that was kind of a one-man show, and I, and I have a feeling perhaps that's what Chalima was trying to replicate um, this yeah. couple weeks ago. So um, mm -hmm. obviously you were second, like we said a couple years ago, indoors in the two-mile to Chalimo. So you get injured again after that, and you're coming back. In the back of your mind, are you telling yourself, I, I've done it before, I can get back to that same shape? Did that kind of help you? And was that kind of in the back of your mind as well as just having a realistic like mindset, like you said, this is the best job and you don't want to lose it? Was that 2017 kind of in your mind as well? Oh, for sure. And that, that's another thing. That left a bad taste in my mouth, um, getting second and losing by a lot. And, and Salima, honestly, embarrassing the face. Uh, I mean, he's no doubt he's, he's an excellent runner, but I think we have guys in the U.S. that can get a start in Reynolds. And uh, for two years, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that and, and uh, definitely waiting for my shot. So we have some uh, fan questions that we're going to get into really quick. So uh, this one was asked by Derek Rubis, and his question is, uh, what was your mindset going into this USA Outdoor Meet? Going into this? I was I'm like, man, I am going to show these people that, man, they, not only should they think that I should be in this race um, I want them to be to know that next year that I should win this race um, that, that, that's what I was thinking and and I know a lot of people are like hey that's that's not who you are man that's that's where you belong but I, I do think that I, I do think I could be the one of the best runners in the US if not I should be shooting to win the USA next year you know I like that and you you raced like that was your mindset. It's not like you're you're speaking empty words here. I think you showed going out in a 58 and and continuing to hold that type of confidence throughout the whole race that you do. You know, you you put your money where your mouth was there. Um, what what were you thinking coming through that fast and not in a <laughs> not in a what were you thinking? But what was going through your head when you came through that fast, looking at Chalimo and and thinking, okay, it's me, Lopez, and Paul, and we're we've gapped them. What was what was kind of going through your mind at that point? One lap in. One lap in. One lap was like, okay, here we go. It's going to be fast. Salim was going to go out, and we're going to run a thirteen zero race. Um, and I honestly thought, like, man, Salimo, I thought he was going to take it the whole way. Um, I thought he was going to try and break us 
in a different way in the race after about 800 I'm like, okay, he's going to really try and run super fast now, or he's going to back out of the race entirely. And uh, unfortunately for me, he, he wants me to take the lead with about, what, I want to say six laps? No, no, probably what, six laps in. So with uh, another six laps to go, yeah, seven laps. Yeah. So was the standard on your mind during that time? Um, the standard was good through 406 um, through the mile. The standard in my mind was pretty much was no longer at the front of my mind. It never really was in the front of my mind, but it wasn't it wasn't even part of the race plan anymore for me because I knew that we had a lot to give to not to get to to stay under the standard. Right? I knew there was a lot of time that even if we slowed down significantly, we'd still be underneath it. Um, so when we slowed down to 70s, I was like, okay, I really hope. That 406 holds up because I need to maintain a pace that I can to recover in, in the front and still try and kick to win it. Right? I was still trying to run for first, not for third. So what do you do to keep your composure when you feel the rest of the pack coming back to you guys? <clears throat> um, I think knowing that, okay, this is, this is worth it. Like I know this will be only a short amount of time. And I know I can stay here, I'm in shape. I need to show these people that, that I'm ready for this. Um, so keeping your composure is easy when you're sure that you have to do it, right? You're, the group starts to close in on you and like you said, you were still running for first. And at that point, maybe this, I'm assuming the standard and, and all that jazz was not really on your mind because you were just, like you said, running for first, which is really the whole idea of the US champs in the first place. Um, you you were able to still run a really a really strong closing portion of the race. Did that uh, did you feel like you really justified your your mindset going into that race? By typically, if a lot of people go out fast, you get caught by a chase pack. Um, a lot of times, the front runners don't always stay with the group that catches them. You were still able to to beat you know all the guys that caught caught you and and Lopez and Chalimo. Um, did that kind of add even more confidence to your mindset as you left the meet? knowing we pulled away, these guys caught us, and you still handled those guys? Uh, yeah, I think I don't think my mindset changed too much before going and, and, and leaving. The only thing I left with is, wow, like we need to, we need to do better. To, to, me and Lopez should have been one, too. And I need to communicate with Jerry in the middle of the race. Like, he should have, he's like, you need a 67, you know? Like, I don't know where I stand until it's 1,200 to go that, wow, we're going to need a really fast 1,200 to stand this I do think, I knew it was close, but I didn't know how close. So is that something that um, you feel like, it, and I can't remember exactly where I saw this. It was one of the one of the top uh, female runners in the country post on Instagram. Oh, no, who, it was Carrie, it was, uh, Carrie Tolson on, on the NBC broadcast for pre-classic saying that a lot of runners are starting to communicate with their coaches more mid-race. Uh, do you kind of agree with that and that's something that maybe you'd like to do more in the future? I don't see Jerry really doing it because I know he trusts his athletes too much. Um, but I think in that situation, I should have looked to Jerry. I mean, Lopez did in the 10K when he, he was just by himself with him and uh, Jadrak. But in the 5K, it's so loud. I know it would have been hard. But looking back on it, I'm like, man, I, I probably should have looked to Jerry and I know he probably would have had like, 
at least told me what where we were, right? Yeah, that's a good. But I don't think I don't think Jerry really would. That's not really how how he does things, you know. I think he trusts. He gives us a plan, and he trusts how we run. So you you finish the race in third. Lopez uh, obviously taking home the win and a really solid double. Um, what what's the conversation like down on the track after the race with with you know the three podium finishers? Uh, you know, I think we'll talk about this on my own show. But there really wasn't much conversation. Like, uh, Chilimo was, was visual, visibly upset that he, that he got second. Right. Um, and he, he, obviously he thought that I should have, um, taken the race there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I cooled down with Chilimo, right? Like, I, I, came, I cooled down with him. We were in drug testing together and I cooled down with him. Like, hey, we could have just run to a, a 13 17 race and we'd all be going to Worlds. And he's like, but it's all right, man. Like, I'm not, I'm over it. He already told me he was over it. <laughs> so I, I hope that's really the case. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to find out in, in future races whether or not he's over it. Um, he seems sure. to always find a way to spice it up. So what, what's next for you now coming out uh, after this meet and moving forward? You're, you're back in Park City for the time being. Uh, we talked a little bit after USA's, and you said you're, you're still feeling great and ready to race again. When, when are we going to see you next? Um, I'll probably race. In fact, I'm going to race uh, in September. I'm going to race a 5K and try and get the Olympic standard. Um, the guys, the race, I'm not quite sure what race it is yet. I might go to Brussels. I might, um, we might go to another one. I'm not quite sure, but I'll definitely race one more 5K and go for a sub-13. So do you think... Uh, is that going to be kind of a team effort moving forward in the, in a 5K? Will you guys all try to find something that you can maybe all do together and pursue a time together, or will it be more individualized? How will I know Jerry can be a little bit unpredictable, but what? How do you see that unfolding? Uh, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think in this case, well, since we're all going on the standard, no matter the race, we will just be working together. In this case, it won't be like the U.S. Championships where we're all trying to win. Yeah, it will be. Okay, you trade off this lap, we'll trade off this lap, right? Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, it, again, sorry this took so long, but I think uh, it was good to, to catch up with you. And we're looking forward to see what September brings for you as well as 2020 because that's another big year and a lot of lessons to be learned from, from this year and moving into next year. Um, I, I'm assuming this goes without saying based on on what you've already said, but goals are that Tokyo 2020 team, I'm assuming, and, and nothing short of that. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. Um, it's got to be. Cool. So, hey, I heard that, or I saw on Instagram that uh, you're newlywed. Congratulations. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, uh, got married, I don't know, about a month ago or four weeks ago. So, yeah. Yeah, you just got back from the honeymoon, right? Yeah, we, got, we were in Maui for like a week and then I was yeah so that was yeah we were we were enjoying Maui and then back to uh, Phoenix where it's it's only 113 this week so um sure that's yeah. <laughs> yeah it's almost <laughs> as nice as Maui <laughs> uh, yeah. thanks man I, I appreciate that and again thanks for your your mentorship with this whole thing and uh we we look forward to the return of price of a mile because um I can I can tell you've got some good stuff in the bag for that yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's something that I look forward to doing too, doing again. And uh, a lot of people, uh, I had no idea that so many people in this community really listened to it, but 
I, people do. So spin your back. Let's do it. Well, I can, I can tell you from, as, as I'm sure many have already told you, it's just the, the element of two elite athletes talking to each other about these things is something that you'll never, you know, a non elite will ever be able to replicate. So keep it up and yeah we look forward to that for sure hopefully see you in flagstaff Mm -hmm. or phoenix before before too long perhaps uh yeah i I would love to go back to phoenix and train man that was that was probably the best camp that i or at least the most uh productive camp i don't see us going back to flag for a while because it's not high enough but Mm -hmm. i can convince jerry to go back i'm going hey cool well we will be uh we'll be keeping an eye out for that and hope to see you there any uh, any yeah yeah please do any parting words for the listeners before you go? No, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the... I appreciate not bringing up the Salima piece. Hey, well... <laughs> we, I know you know about it. Hey, right? we, we, we just, we're trying to make friends, you know, with this show. We don't want to annoy anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but if you do want to do a tell-all or anything, you know who to call, but um, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll save, that, save that for another time. <laughs> Leave it all to speculation, but... Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Sometimes that's the fun is the imagination and all of that. So one day, one day it'll come out. Um, however, is the best way to, you know, talk about all that stuff. But we're gonna touch on it on the price of a mile. It'll be fun. Cool, good stuff, man. Well, uh, continue, continue training hard. We'll we'll keep you uh, in our thoughts and, and and hope you stay on this really good trend right now. We we I I gen- I say this seriously. I really look forward to you next year year and a half. It's gonna bring some exciting things. So. Keep up the good work, um, and and yeah, we're, we're pulling for you, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Finally. Of course. Cool. Well, thanks, guys, <laughs> for listening. That was uh, an awesome episode of the Capella Athletics Podcast with the one and only Woody Kincaid. Uh, just a reminder, you can find him on Instagram at Price of a Mile. You can find us at Capella Athletics on uh, Instagram and on Twitter at Capella Podcast. You can also listen to our episodes on thestridereport.com. Uh, the Stride Report's doing an awesome job covering Division One, II, II, and III uh, men's and women's cross-country and track. And it, it might be the middle of the summer, but those guys are cranking out new articles basically on the daily, going through all sorts of preseason rankings right now. So head on over to thestridereport.com, follow them on social media as well, and uh, keep an eye out for our next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.